Religiosity episode 55. Back with Pastor Andrew. Well, I don't know if you saw the Upper West Side was trending on Twitter the other day. Was it really? And no, I was, no, I'm uh, not a Twitter person. After, after our, after our uh, most powerful man in our uh, federal government started to <laughs> wreak havoc over Twitter and everything he uh, tweeted uh, became and started to tweet the international politics and diplomacy and other things through or exercise these things through the Twitter. I said, I don't need that. That's you know, good. I, I think that the life. Life is more complex than 140 characters or 280 characters, which <laughs> they uh, expanded it or whatever it is. Right. I, I you, you know me. I, yeah. I cannot. I, I cannot express myself in 15 minutes, uh, <laughs> and not uh, 150 characters. So. Well, it's very. It's very uh, uh, wise. It was yeah. wise of you. Uh, I. I am not as wise. As and you. so, so what is on that Twitter so going the, on? I know that there are some upset people well, here. Or it was all stemming, I believe, from an article in the New York Post. So we mm -hmm. have to really, you mm -hmm. know, take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. It's in the New York yes, Post, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying, "New York moms are fleeing the Upper West Side because of chaos and crime." Really, <laughs> uh, I noticed that people are moving away from oh, New York City yes. in in the th droves everywhere. You know, not yes. only Upper West Side. I think it is partly because uh, they are a little um, overexcited uh, or overconcerned. Let me put it that way, uh, and it is rushed. Uh, we went through right difficult situation here in uh, March and April yeah. uh, with pandemic, and this was the hotspot, uh, as big if not bigger than uh, northern Italy. Yep. And yeah, I, I know because my wife is a doctor in one of the hospitals, and so I know what the doctors went through. And and there is, there are these lingering restrictions, and people feel probably safer being out in the country or in suburbs. And so there is this big wave of people going back to suburbs. Uh, I, I see it, you know, moving yeah. tracks uh, all the time, all around us. Uh, so that, that's one thing. Uh, yeah. I, but I think that this is more that there is more an agenda uh, here, uh, and that is. Uh, to be against uh, being really uh, caring and uh, supporting community. Uh, because I, I noticed that it is primarily against using some of our empty hotels to give accommodation to some of homeless people or those That's who are right. becoming homeless uh, simply because they cannot afford paying their rent right and, and so, so that on. i think that's something the city has kind of forced on hotels if uh -huh. i if, if i'm correct where it's i have no order. no knowledge of that uh, i don't know to what extent but i i observed that also you, you know on on our part of broadway say from church to to where i live uh, mm -hmm. those uh, num several dozen blocks like two dozen blocks uh I noticed already, even without this, that there were many more homeless people. Yes. And it started, and I uh, I wrote uh, uh, 
my blog about it and on Facebook and elsewhere in more than 140 characters. Did <laughs> uh, I observe that? You know, that there are more homeless people. I think it was partly because uh, as uh, the tip of Manhattan where there might be, and I noticed that there were some whom I seen down in uh, below 14th Street. I, I saw is, them over here in, right. in our neighborhood. So I think that as that uh, South Tape depopulated and offices closed, and there was much less traffic, food traffic, and and uh, even to ask for donations and gifts and support from the officers uh, going there, uh, then then they moved up uptown. That's right, one migrated. thing. Yeah. The other thing is that city really tried to uh, help partly uh, hotels uh, to, to have some occupancy and partly help themselves with the growing problem of homelessness. Yeah. And that's, that, that's, that's clear. You know, I, I think that that's and, and those people are not going to sit in the uh, in those small rooms because uh, here even our hotel rooms are like half of the size when you are anywhere else in hotels. And yeah. so it is, it's, it's, I would say to some degree, if you are not those in extremely expensive hotels here in New York City, it's actually worse than our apartments, yeah. the, the sizes of some of the rooms. So you cannot keep them inside. They, they would spill over to Broadway and other places and sit on benches during the day and towards the evening and, and socialize. And I noticed that, you know. And, right. uh, I also noticed that uh, we started to have some problems uh, with a crime. Yeah. Uh, stores, for instance. I went to buy a toothpaste and it was locked. It was under the lock. Toothpaste was under lock and key. Yes, in in the uh, in the chemist store or how is it called here? Uh, uh, yeah, the pharmacist. Pharmacy. Uh, yeah. Pharmacy. So in pharmacy, I call it chemist. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, and they told me that because it's getting stolen. Wow. Uh, if people are stealing toothpaste, yeah. that is a bigger deal than crime. Like that. That is. You know what I mean? That's a that's a necessity. That's like a. Uh... <laughs> uh, but I, I think it is the the, the 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 theory is because you that is not to instigate a, a pharmacy to to build a vitrine under lock and and something like that, uh, because you know how many toothpastes. That was my first question. You know how many toothpastes do you need? You know uh, I I usually last like half a year with one uh, tube. You know, that's... <laughs> so you, are you implying that maybe they're stealing it to sell them? That's, that's what the chemist told me. You know, the, uh, the, that clerk oh. in the pharmacy said uh, that most likely that's what's happening because other, that there is no other reason. You cannot convert that into anything. You cannot brew an alcohol of it or uh, anything. <laughs> you know, I was thinking wild, really. You know, yeah. what, uh, But, you know, so this is an observation I made. Uh, and, and it is clearly all, all the pharmacy uh, all the pharmacies here uh, have it now under law. Wow. Uh, and uh, so that is, uh, that is happening, you know. And then we had here some weird, out-of-the-blue kind of crime. 
uh, like someone got stabbed here on 72nd Street uh, mm. around noonish mm-hmm. last week, and and similar things, and and all of that. It, there, there is a good excuse for it, saying, "Oh, those are those homeless being right. accommodated." Right, combining the two. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Just... It's 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 not that clear to me. You know, we had that kind of crime here before, I know, because I've been living here for quite a while now, uh, and I have this under my belt, uh, and I can uh, clearly state that, you know, I'm not convinced about this crime being closely associated with that. Uh, Nevertheless, even if it was that, right, I, I would say that we as a progressive community, and we like to think of ourselves like that Upper West Side, that we should take the weight of it. Yes. And deal with it. Yes. And, uh, you know, we like to point fingers at suburbs or other cities around the United States and say, you know, they are unable to deal with this or they are racist or they are this or they are that. And uh, uh, then when we are dealing with a similar situation, we should then show the way to deal with it. That's right. That's kind of my uh, my way. And simply thinking that by uh, unloading it, to some ghettos or That's something right. like that, is is disingenuous. Yeah, it's it's not honest, and uh, I, I I think that there is a capacity, administrative, mental leadership capacity in our community here to really think about it. If we unload that to Bronx or some other place, uh, we are not helping it. Yeah. Here we are confronted with a raw situation of our city and of our nation and thinking that we would sweep it away or sweep it under the carpet and not deal with it is, is dishonest. Those people here are to challenge us, to grapple with uh, the the situation in which we all are. And uh, I, I think that, you know, I don't have any solutions, but having an enlightened and open discussion about these issues. Homelessness is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Petty crime might be a big problem. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not criminologist or anything of the uh, kind. You know, but just observing toothpaste under lock gave me a pause. You know, frankly. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you know, simply by shipping the or transferring it somewhere else, it's not going to help. It's actually going to sink that place where we uh, delegate that or send it uh, even worse. Mm-hmm. And we have all the resources, mental, psychological, and everything to deal with it better over here yes. and influence the whole discourse in, in the uh, whole society better yes. than when it is, uh, say, in the Bronx or in some other places uh, around our nation. Yeah. And 
so that that's one reason a uh, uh, reason I, I i think that we need to to take it on a chin and deal with it yeah and and deal with it openly and having that open discourse and not saying we are running away do something about it ship them away you know uh, that that's uh, that, that's escapism that's that's not going to help anyone including us because here we are confronted with a painful problem of our society and not dealing with it either shipping those people back or uh, taking ourselves and escaping ourselves is not you cannot escape your destiny mm-hmm. and this is our destiny and this whole nation and i've been saying it for quite a while has a big problem of disparity of incomes a disparity of wealth and a very big problem of how we are treating uh, psychiatric patients mental uh, mentally disturbed or mentally ill people uh, we, are, we are just awful about it. Yeah. I, I, I am speaking from an, uh, not first-hand experience, but closest to next uh, the, to, to first-hand experience, because I am a son of a psychiatrist and psychiatric nurse from Europe. Okay, I grew up in it. I, I grew up, I can almost say that I grew up in mental institution, mm-hmm. sort of, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, not directly because my father was uh, uh, of the hospital. He, uh, he had his own office and saw patients there. So he was not uh, like a uh, mental hospital. Uh, he, he had his uh, own office where he saw patients. But we would go. To, to mental uh, hospitals uh, myself. And then the, one of the largest mental hospitals was on the territory of my Prague parish. And we would go there and I would uh, serve the services there as a minister. We had a group of ministers who would go there and, uh, and would have regularly services uh, in the big, uh, beautiful chapel built there, uh, I don't know, 200 years ago almost. And so I know how hospitals, mental hospitals and mental institutions can look and how can function. Mm-hmm. And, and this society has a major problem with that. And you see it, you see it on the streets and my heart is broken and, and cries out because those people we see and so easily label as, uh, as homeless, N- large percentage of them are actually mentally ill yeah and they can be treated they can be much better they can be taken better care of and just hiding behind the pretext that they have freedom to be on the street and we must not take it from them is pretext Mm -hmm. it's it's unfair to them and it's unfair to the rest of the society there are better ways of doing it and I don't mean classical American these days mental institutions where you are almost like in jail. I went there because uh, in upstate New York on the territory of my parish in upstate New York was a big mental institution. And occasionally I was asked by people who had their relatives there to go there and visit with their relatives. 
and on behalf of their parishes wherever they were. And uh, I, I saw it, and it was worse than going into a jail. I was going through two or three gates, and each floor would have two gates. And there was no reason to have it that way. And, and I know again, because I've been in mental institutions in Europe, and they would have maybe one pavilion like that, not the full hospital, large hospital. One pavilion would be like that. The rest would be open pavilions. And, and, and patients there, you would not tell from anyone else. And they would be there, they would be treated, they all have an, uh, and a hypotherapy. You know, and they will be working with horses and other would be a gardener and they will have workshops there. And, and they had a famous theater festival there every summer. Where the actors from downtown in Prague would do production together with those who were in care in that hospital. And all of that was possible. And, 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 and amazing, and regular services, as I said, uh, in between Roman Catholics, different Protestants. <laughs> and, and so it is possible. It can be done. So why they are on streets? And, and the other thing, that's still, you know, they are on streets and sometimes they are freezing there, which is uh, horrible. But, but then the alternative is that they are in jails, real jails, right. and right. dangerous jails, and, or prisons. So we have mental institutions which look almost like jails, and then we have jails which to large extent function as mental institutions, because there are people who are simply who should not be there, who should be diagnosed and treated better in those mental institutions mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that is my reading of the situation. And by simply taking it and shipping it away from us, this is a crisis which is bringing it to our attention mm -hmm. and, and closer to our home. And that is, that is a challenge which, if we fail, yes. we are failing ourselves. And that, and that makes me think that, that it's not like this is new. It's suddenly, it's just that now we're seeing yeah. it. And so that is, brings up this question, which is, in your church, let's just say, because the church is kind of like a microcosm of the neighborhood. So mm -hmm. let's just say in the church, imagine this hypothetical situation where some of these people, once we open up again and the pandemic is kind of over or, or pretty much over next year, hopefully, they start to come to the church and the people there, just like some people of the neighborhood, start to complain about these people that they're seeing that they didn't see before, that they feel unsafe about. What do you say as, a, as the pastor of this church? Every church has its mentally disturbed people. Yes. You know, first of all, we have all, you know, simply by our constitution, there are times when I am mentally disturbed <laughs> by something. You, you, you know, we all, let us be honest, Peter. 
you know, we have our quirks, we have our uh, soft spots. If someone pokes there, I will explode. And I know uh, that about myself, and I know it about uh, my loved ones, and I know that about my dear parishioners, you know, and that's reality. So that's one thing. The other thing is that someone has that skin a little thinner or uh, is, is more out there and, and so on. And we have them and we love them. And you know uh, whom I mean. Yeah. And they are here. And we try to be faithfully with them. We try to care for them. And yes, these challenges are coming constantly. You know, why do we allow joys and concerns this microphone be brought to this person, say? You know, because she is always making it about herself and uh, and, and can be rude and, and can bring uh, different things uh, into the mix. And you know that we are trying to deal with it. We are trying to be pastoral. And exactly learning how to live with people who are occasionally sticking out here or sticking out there. We have our contingents of homeless people who worship with us. We have our contingent of people who are housed but would be otherwise uh, homeless. Not necessarily from those hotels until now, mm -hmm. but who are coming here and you know them also. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is absolutely appropriate. And yes, people are complaining. And my line is that this is a community of God. Yeah. And uh, we uh, always say that we are open community. I call it open commensality. That means that the, not even our community, are, but our table is spread for mm -hmm. everyone. So not only meeting and rubbing shoulders or something like that, but sitting at a table and eating together, mm -hmm. they belong here. Mm -hmm. Which is deeper layer of being together. Mm -hmm. And uh, that if we are, if the church is unable to model, you know, what should happen and how should we... Then we're we in real do, trouble. Then, then we are in a big trouble. So yeah. I would say the church should do it and... I'm trying my best that our church is doing it. And I think that to a large extent, we do that. You know, there are moments when you need to be like, you know, say, enough, <laughs> so and so. <laughs> but even those homeless people or uh, other people who are in our immediate neighborhood, say, we try to work with them. There were situations where there was an encampment of really violent, rude, and misbehaving and substance abusing homeless uh, man just across the street, if you remember. Yes. And so we worked with them, but with the local authorities also, to, to find some solution for that. Mm -hmm. And as you noticed, it, it got resolved yeah. somehow. Uh, I, I was not following that closely, but there was not any major no, and there, injuries and or anything of that because of that. Yeah. You know, the, interestingly, some of our local homeless or almost homeless people, they're coming to us with concerns. Hmm. 
that was interesting. Huh. You know, because they were recognizing that 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 was not healthy for anyone, including them. Wow. And uh, you know, so that, that that that's the context, and I think yeah. that that is how we need to figure out how to be community, how to care for one another. We are trying to do it on the level of the congregation, and on a larger level, like at town or city, Upper West Side would be of the size of reasonable city mm -hmm. of its of itself. Yeah. I think that we have a marvelous chance of modeling and we have marvelous capacities here. We have all these clever, bright, wise people. So let us put our hearts into it and, and try to figure uh, out, you know, how to make it happen. Yeah. You know, and that burden of, you know, that I need to see a clerk to, to have the, the toothpaste unlocked or something like that. I, 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 it's a minor inconvenience. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and being more careful uh, about your possessions and other things. That's, that, that we, we are just spoiled. You know, I grew up in That's Europe right. and, <laughs> you know, we are spoiled in that respect. And yeah. anyone who's been around this neighborhood long enough will know that it can never be as bad as it was in the 80s, mm -hmm. in the 70s. Yeah, uh, I, I have one concern there, you know, okay. and I can partly understand uh, why people, especially who might experience those tough years here, why they are worried. Because I would not, for myself, for my children and for my grandchild now, uh, or grandchildren, would not like to uh, have it Re returning back into drug-infested uh, neighborhood uh, or uh, the crime violence, uh, uh, aggressive violence, shootings or something like that. I, I would not like that, clearly. Yeah. But we are not there yet. And there are ways how we can uh, handle that, yes. I, I, I believe. Yes. So that's one thing. The other thing is that actually integrating people into the society, not pushing them aside or ostracizing them and so on, is creating a healthier and happier society. That's what I believe. Uh, and I can, you know, it, it brings occasionally flare-ups or funny situations sure. or uh, almost like from novels and, and, and so on. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it from my Prague neighborhood, which was on a seedier side. Mm -hmm. the, the, the neighborhood I served or that part of the city. Uh, but uh, it brings vibrancy with it. That's right. You know, when you have all sorts of people, that, that is the biggest problem uh, with American cities, that, that they create ghettos, ghettos for rich, ghettos right. for middle class, ghettos for poor. The best situation is really for any society to, to, to have a reasonably healthy mix of everything yes. living together. And, you know, that way the, the struggles of the poor are, for instance, directly on our eyes yeah. and we can take action on their behalf or we can right. hear them earlier. You know, something right. is clearly a mess in our society. Something is... It's it's almost it functions like a, your nervous system. 
letting you know that this muscle is strained and it mm, aches. That's a good and example. And so, yeah. you, you know, you start paying attention to it, you know, Sorry. or why is my back aching, you know? Well, so, yeah, let's, I love that, I love that analogy and, and we should, and we can, we should take it further because when, when you have those pains in an area and, and you, and your body somehow cuts that off from the brain, like we've been in, Mm-hmm. We the the body will have adverse reaction to it, and we don't know why. Which is what we've been in. We have uh, uh, racial tensions mm-hmm. and everything, and we don't understand the root of it. We're like, what? Oh, we had a black president. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You're not examining what the true fault mm-hmm. is because you're not it's not hooked up to our nervous system no because that, we, we we don't know we don't have that experience we we don't live yes. in developments and yes. you know we have our ghettos we have ghettos for rich we have ghettos for poor we have ghettos for minorities mm-hmm. and uh, this is a real blessing it is almost like a wake-up call for us yes. all of us i think and uh my clearest example of taking that medical uh, metaphor, okay, is that there are illnesses which are actually cutting the nervous system out. Mm. One example would be leprosy, for instance. Mm-hmm. And that leprosy will simply cut your nerves to, uh, uh, to, your, to your body. Mm-hmm. And you know what is the... the what usually is the first sign when people realize that that is the case? Uh, they, they are not having feelings, say, mm-hmm. but uh, it usually presents itself to doctors by some kind of a disfiguring uh, uh, injury. Mm-hmm. Because of not having the uh, n- nerves, uh, say, in their, uh, in their hand or something like that, they would put it on a stove. Oh. Or they'll put, uh, they'll step into the fire. Yeah. And not knowing it because they don't feel it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they have a major injury. Yeah. Which needs to be treated. And, uh, and I think that, that our whole society, uh, to, to, to large extent, is a society which had this Hansen disease. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that we lost this feeling for different parts of our society. Yes. Which are now hurting, are being disfigured, are being yeah. uh, being seriously injured. Yeah. And, you know, what is happening right now in our neighborhood is at least return some of those feelings back. Yes. Yes. So that we have to pay attention. And, uh, and you could track where that where the it's stemming from yeah we, we can start discussion we can start observing we can start thinking about it and and the first reaction to it like saying and let us cut it off again and let us send yeah. them out or something like that is the stupidest thing yeah but you know we had it in our own building you know when 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 there was a project of building an uh, extended uh, uh, salvation army project just across the street yeah you know, they started a petition oh. in our building, and the building management was supporting it. 
to, to which I said, you, you, I, I called them on it. Mm. You know, they got rude with me mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards. I, I said, you know, you are like uh, like those gated communities, yeah. you know, and many of our buildings function that way, That's you, right. you know, but, but here you are showing your true self. So be careful. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it died down eventually because the project got stopped for a different other reasons, mm-hmm. uh, not for this petition, thankfully. Mm-hmm. You know, I would feel so badly if it was because just the petition in our building yeah. which stopped that. But, uh, uh, and that's, that's the other thing. So if you are progressive, challenge that. Challenge that with your neighbors. Challenge that whenever yeah. you see it and, and bring forward the true reasonable arguments like we are trying right now yeah in in our discussion yeah, yeah that, that's like trying to model <laughs> yeah you know what can be right. done what what is what is good in it right not seeing it only as a negative thing right and that seems to be what this church does for a lot of different issues one would hope yeah well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Until next time.